0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I hope you're all well and that you've had a good week. We're so pleased that you're joining us for our service this morning and we hope and we pray God speaks to you and blesses you as we gather together this morning. Before our service begins, uh, I wanted to share some news about changes which are coming up in SBC in the coming weeks. The deacons met on Tuesday evening and we discussed plans to reopen the church soon on a Sunday morning at half past 10 for viewings of these online services. Uh, We're really encouraged and excited about this news and we're gonna be sharing more information soon about these gatherings and how you can book a place to come along. As many of you might be aware, There will be restrictions on the number of people who can attend on the sort of uh, interaction we can have as well before and after the service to maintain social distancing. Uh, And that's another reason why we're going to have the booking system in place. We're still not sure just how much demand there will be for places at these viewings. So please bear with us. We will do our very best to ensure everyone who wants to attend has an opportunity to do so. Although we fear we should point out as well that we want to give priority to those who don't have the internet at home and who therefore haven't been able to join in in many of these online services. So there's still quite a few practical arrangements we need to put in place and some technical issues we need to resolve in the building. And because of that, we don't have a firm start here for these viewings. But we hope it's going to be within the next few weeks. And as soon as we have that information, we'll let you know. We'll be communicating it via the church communications that you receive, either by email or in printed formats. And thank you again uh, for your patience and for bearing with us. Uh, through the lockdown, through all the changes that have been, the restrictions we've had to live with, uh, thanks for bearing with us as we put these Arrangements in place as well. We also wanted to point out that, uh, as well as those viewings in church, we have every intention of carrying on with these online gatherings on a Sunday. So these services are still going to be premiering every Sunday morning at half past ten. We're going to continue to pray over Zoom at half nine on a Sunday and gather in the foyer at eleven thirty. It would be great to see you at those gatherings as well if you can make it and so to our worship this morning it's great to be able to gather and begin a new preaching series reflecting on the book of romans and the lessons it has for us as we seek to live together as disciples of jesus we'll think about that in a moment but let's draw near to god now let's offer him our worship and we'll do that after this week's SBC News.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's SBC News. I am Sally. This afternoon is our monthly Walking Together event. However, due to the continuing guidance that only up to six people of different households can meet outside socially distancing, we have decided that it would be best for working together to continue to be about the choices you want to make as to who you work with. Maybe you could ask someone to work with you who haven't seen or you haven't seen for a while. From church or a neighbour. Have a think about who you can ask. If you still feel you want to be careful about who you meet up with or are shielding, that is okay too. There is no pressure. Feel free to share photos or videos of walks on the SBC Facebook page if you are on Facebook so we can enjoy each other's walks. We hope that later in the autumn, should restrictions loosen further, we can go back to an organised group walk. SBC youth have a few events on the horizon. Here is a short promo from Martin.
0: This afternoon, Sunday, uh, we have a youth uh, meeting at six o'clock, very last minute, um, but I thought it'd be cool to do. So that's from six to half past seven. Uh, booking details should be all over the place, get involved. Also on Thursday, the 10th of September, I have my friends Moises and Alicia coming to join us for Later With. Uh, they are um, really awesome Christians. It would be great if your young people come and join in with that. That would be really cool. Bye.
1: On Tuesday, 8 September at 7pm, Denzel will be bringing a gospel reflection. Also, don't forget to join us online on Thursday night for us SBC chat at 7pm. Have you missed any reflections, services or SBC chats? If so, you can catch up on YouTube or Instagram TV at any time. And finally, our bereavement services have started on Wednesdays. Working Together Through Grief is a support group for anyone who has been bereaved during COVID-19 lockdown and that is taking place from 2pm to 4pm in the coffee lounge at SBC and evening sessions from 6.30pm to 8pm. This is for folk who have been bereaved but may feel stuck. For any further info please call Jane White or Don Cox. This has been SBC News. God bless.
2: Is anybody here excited about the Lord? Has anybody got a, a praise to welcome Him into this place? Let's join together and enjoy. Of worship with the Lord right now. He's here for us, and we're here for Him. What a glorious picture of the Lord coming on the clouds and us bowing down before him. Are we ready to bow down? Are we ready to bow down? Are we ready to give him some praise right now and glorify his name as his presence is here with us?
0: to uh, a time of prayer and we felt that it would be helpful uh, and important this Sunday to take time to pray for uh, teachers uh, and students and pupils in uh, our schools, uh, which uh, many of them are going to be returning, most of them returning this week. So I'm really pleased that uh, Tamsin uh, and Kimberly, uh, both of whom are, are members of the SBC family, Uh, and teachers uh, are able to to join us this morning and uh, be able to share a little bit about the situation uh, in their schools uh, and what they've been doing this week and what they'll be returning to tomorrow. So I don't know if we could take a moment just to uh, introduce ourselves uh, for anyone in the family who who doesn't know us uh, so well and maybe has just seen us and maybe say a little bit about who we are. And uh, the school where we're teaching Uh, Tamsin, I don't know if you could say something.
3: Um, So I've just trained this year and so this will be my first teaching job and I will be teaching at Coomwood School, which is a new secondary school. It's it's only got year seven, eight and nine this year. I'll be teaching English and Classics, which is Latin and uh, some ancient history as well. Uh, and I will be starting uh, teaching kids next week and uh, being in inset days this week.
0: Yeah, terrific. Thanks, Tamsin. And, and Kimberly, you're um, slightly different age range, aren't you? It's it's uh, different for you.
4: Yes. Yes. So I'm. Um, this is my second year teaching now, and I'm working at St. John's Church of England Primary School, and I'm teaching year ones and last year was a whole different year that i never anticipated but i got through it and i'm excited for this year
0: wonderful so i guess uh, i mean a lot of us will maybe have looked at the news we've heard stories there's a lot going on and being reported on radio tv and so on about schools returning but i wondered if uh, if you could maybe just give us more of a sort of first-hand account of what you'll actually be returning to and and what arrangements uh, are are going to be in place. I don't know how it's looking at St. John's, Kimberly.
4: Um, So we are going to be put or placed in year group bubbles. So we'll have year one and year two as one bubble, year three and four as another bubble, then year five, six and reception as another bubble. So we are not going to enforce Um, the two meter rule within the bubbles but we are enforcing it when mixing the bubbles so if we're walking across the corridors or at the end of the day or the beginning of the day the times have been staggered so that those bubbles don't intertwine or mix Um, same with the teachers and the members of staff yeah so yeah that's what we're going to
3: do
0: so um, it, it, it's all stuff, I guess, with sounds great in theory, isn't it? But actually working this yeah. is going to be um, it's going to be challenging. And Tamsin, I mean, Coombe Wood is in particularly unusual circumstances. This is a new school, isn't it? Which is a very significant thing for our area. Uh, but not having the start, I guess, that the school would have hoped for because you're on a different site, aren't you? And uh,
3: Yes. Um, because of the coronavirus, the, the building of our brand new school building uh, has been delayed. So it was supposed to, we were all supposed to be in the lovely new building, which I'm sure many people will have seen uh, being built. Uh, we were supposed to be in that now, in September, and it hasn't been finished. So as a temporary measure, we're going to be decamping to the old St Andrews school site. So uh, for our Year 8s and 9s, they will also be getting used to being in uh, a new new building um, area. And our New Year 7s will have to get used to being first at St Andrews and then um, all being well. Everyone else will also have to then move back to the new school site in January. So it's perhaps a little more upheaval for especially our year sevens than we would have wanted
0: yeah, very, very complicated, isn't it? so I, I guess we want to pray for our schools, and we'll we'll pray in a moment. but I just wonder if if you could give us some of your thoughts on on as we're praying for you, are there particular things or, or, or prayers that you would you, you would want uh, or, or cover as it were from From the church family, how how can we pray for you? Um, Thompson?
3: Um, For I think for for the school community um, that people will have both both staff and students will have kind of ease of mind and be uh, not not feel anxious about all the changes that are happening. also, that the school will have uh, really good guidance, either from the council or from, um, from the government about the best ways to prevent the spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still feel that secondary schools uh, haven't been given particularly clear guidance about that. Yeah. And it, it may even change in the next few days. We don't know. Um, And for myself, this is my first year of teaching. I'm really excited, but would appreciate prayers for wisdom and energy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Kimberly, how can can we pray for you? I don't know what your thoughts are.
4: So um, a lot of kids haven't been in school for the past couple of months, and um, it will be a huge adjustment for them coming into school having a new teacher, being in a new classroom, and then being away from their parents and siblings. So just pray for that ease of transition um, and that if the first day goes well, then hopefully it will set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, And then for the parents who are really anxious already to send their kids in, um, and for those vulnerable children as well who may have some underlying issues, hopefully the parents will be at ease um, knowing that the school and the government are doing everything they can to protect the kids the kids and the teachers and the other members of staff. And I um, pray for, that I have a good year um, and that I'll enjoy it.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share with us and uh, can we take a moment to pray for you? and uh, to pray for lots of other people we know who are in the SBC family who are, are either uh, teachers uh, or working in another school role, returning to classrooms, and uh, or parents, uh, or, or students as well. So let's, let's pray now. Oh, gracious God, uh, I want to pray. I want to lift uh, Tamsin and uh, Kimberly to you now, and as I pray for them, I want to lift to you Uh, every teacher uh, and every schools worker in our area, uh, I I pray for uh, every family, uh, every uh, child, some of them quite young, uh, some of them like those year one uh, students uh, who uh, Kimberly is going to be teaching, uh, who've had all this time with mum and dad and uh, brothers and sisters perhaps, but uh, not with uh, other children of their own age, and uh, for whom this is a huge step, uh, a huge step at any time. But uh, we recognize that there is particular apprehension, particular uncertainty uh, for um, everyone as schools return. Uh, and we pray, God, bringer of peace, please bring your peace, uh, please bring your protection, please bring. Reassurance uh, and comfort to those who uh, are worried, those who are are anxious. We pray for Coombe Wood as well. We recognise this is a, a major uh, development uh, in our area, something very significant—a uh, brand new school with all its potential, uh, all the hopefulness uh, that there is around a, a new beginning. Please be with with and there, but we realise. Not the start they would have hoped for, not how anyone imagined it. So, uh, would you just watch over uh, Coombe Wood uh, as you watch over? We ask all the schools in our area. We take a moment as well to uh, pray for SBC as well, and um, recognizing that in our church building uh, this week, there will be a preschool uh, taking place every day and teachers and uh, little ones uh, going along there and uh, members of our church family working to put uh, arrangements in place so that our preschool can run smoothly. Be with them, we pray. So we trust you and uh, we offer all these prayers in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much and uh, we'll continue uh, as we pray this morning to keep you in our prayers and can I just encourage all of us who've been joining in the service let's uh let's not just do this today but let's keep praying during the week Thompson and Kimberly thanks so much
3: thank you thank you
5: Thank you.
6: This morning we are reading from Romans chapter 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sencria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people, and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the Apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Greet Asyncretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, while the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sotipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's Director of Public Works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you, in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Well, thanks, Eleanor, for bringing us that reading. My guess is that there are a number of us who might have found quite a strange passage to choose for our service. But I hope that the more we dig into it, the more we might discover that there are important lessons for us and our current situation in SVC. I'll talk about it a bit more in a moment, but before I do, I I thought I'd mention something which happened to me recently. Uh, I got a new mobile phone uh, for my work. And one of the things which I had to do when I was uh, setting it up was to agree to a, a particularly exciting form of words, which is the privacy policy of Google. So, you know, that thing that you often have to do with any process where you're, you're signing up to some kind of service, maybe it's your phone, maybe it's a subscription to some kind of content provider or someone else who's going to hold on to, to precious data about you. And there's this long bit of legal text, which you have to read. But But my question is, I mean, do you? Do you really? I mean, I mean, does anyone actually read those statements or are they doing what I do, which is to say you just scroll through and you tick the box which says I agree and and then you move on? Now, I I realise it's not the sort of thing we would readily admit to. But I do wonder if there are times when we do this sort of thing with the Bible, That there are bits which we just gloss over and we skim read them or don't read them at all. I wonder if we are especially tempted to do that with the lists. Do you know the sort of thing I mean? The lists. The list of rules we get in the Old Testament or the lists of names. You've got those genealogies at the beginning of the Gospels. Or you've got this chapter right at the end of Romans. All those names. But actually, I want to suggest that if we dig a little bit deeper, this is a passage which has a lot to teach us about what life looked like on the ground for some of the first followers of Jesus, uh, and also what life ought to look like for us now. So imagine the scenario. We think that Paul wrote this letter around the year 57 AD. We don't know exactly where he would have been at the time. Scholars think it might've been on one of those famous missionary journeys, maybe in Greece. Uh, And actually, when we say he wrote the letter, what we really mean is that he dictated it and it was all written down by a scribe. We know that for sure because there's a reference to the scribe uh, in verse 22, a reference to, to Tertius. And when the letter is written, Paul hands it on to one of his trusted leaders, Phoebe. And just as an aside, here's a very telling little detail about the leadership roles which women held in the early church. I don't think Paul was against women leading churches. I Think he had an issue with the particular behavior of some women in the church led by Timothy. And that was why he wrote to Timothy with concerns about them, but not all women leaders. And Phoebe is a good example of this. Phoebe is entrusted to take this letter off to Rome. And we think it would have been her role to go around the various house churches, which made up the the wider Christian community, read the letter out to them, and then answer any questions they had on it. This is not a job Paul would have delegated to anyone. And I think he asks Phoebe to do this because he trusts her and he wants to be sure that whoever he sends with this letter can be relied upon to answer questions on it in in a way which is faithful to his thinking uh, and ideas. So there we go. Women in leadership, something that Paul is for. So Phoebe arrives with her letter and she travels around a number of the smaller groups, who meet in people's homes, and which make up the church in Rome. Uh, you may not have had the chance to watch the little video which we released on Tuesday evening, a bit of background information to this series, but I mentioned there how scholars believe there were only around 200 Christians in Rome at this time. and That makes it feel quite real for us. So you imagine someone coming to SBC with a letter and they go around the home groups and they read it out. And when we read this list of names, a few more things seem to become apparent. First of all, it, it seems that Paul knows a lot of these people well. He's got a very good walking knowledge of what's going on in this church and, and who's who. And what comes across more than anything else is just the sheer variety of the people who make up this book and and that variety is evident in several different ways. There's a variety in terms of, of gender. So this is clearly not a church where women are playing the role of silent partners. Uh, we've already mentioned Phoebe, but we also read about uh, Priscilla in verse 3. Paul speaks of her and her husband as his co-workers. He mentions Mary in verse 6, Junior in verse 7. There's Tryphena, Tryphosa, Persis. They come up in later verses. We also think that when these churches met, they were probably a combination of people who were slaves and people who were free. So a couple of times in this list, you find a reference to someone's household. And I think that's probably Paul's way of talking about those who were slaves. And then we also see a variety in the different ethnicities of these people in the nationalities. So, I mean, this is a culture which is a bit like ours in the sense that you can have a look at people's names and make a good guess about their background. You look at a guy called Neil and you've got a rough idea that he might be Irish. And New Testament scholars who've done this research have done similar things with this list in Romans. Uh, they reckon there were probably seven Jews listed Uh, Then they say that there are three Latin names, so three people who came from Rome originally, Ampliatus and Junia and Urbanus, three natives of Rome, and then the others have Greek names. So there is a wonderful blend of people who make up this church. And I don't think Paul would have seen this as an accident. In fact, I think that when Paul looked at different Backgrounds of people who were coming into the church, he would have taken that as evidence that this really was a work of God that was happening. In fact, a work that, that was was the fulfillment and the coming true of so many of the promises which God had made long ago. And in fact, this is one of the big themes of Romans, which we're going to discover in the coming weeks. This idea that um, an expanded people of God, not just Jews. But people from every tribe and nation, that's always been part of God's plan, what he's building towards. Uh, We see a hint of that in verse 26 of this chapter. Do you remember how Paul talks about God's purposes? That all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. All the people who aren't of a Jewish background would be, be drawn into an expanded people of God. Now... This all sounds terrific, doesn't it? All this diversity, this idea of churches are melting pots. You know, the sheer breadth of people in the community uh, as a testimony to the wideness of God's mercy. I mean, if you think about it, these Christians live in Rome, the capital city of this huge empire. And there are people from lots of different nationalities in this city And a lot of them won't be there out of choice. They are there as slaves. They are there as people captured by the empire. The the Romans used to boast about what they called uh, the Pax Romana. And they had this claim that wherever they went, they brought peace and harmony between people. But it wasn't a proper peace. It was peace imposed in Rome's terms. It was peace imposed through violence and fear. You know, if you messed with Rome, if you dare to step out of line, you would get a reminder about who was in charge. And what is being lived out by these early Christians is something completely different. This is peace which is centred on Jesus. This is peace which occurs when Jesus comes and Jesus changes everything when he brings Peace between people and God, and it, it spills over into peace between people as well. Think of some of these people, maybe even in this church, and they never planned to be in Rome. Maybe they've been brought to the center city of the empire because they've been made slaves, because they've been captured, and they come reluctantly, and they come with sadness, and they come missing their home. And eventually, God draws them into his church and they find home at last. And they find a place where there are lots of different people, but they belong. And they're welcomed. And they're on an equal terms, slave or free, male or female. And yet, all is not well in this church. In fact, as we're going to discover in the coming weeks, there are pretty serious divisions, primarily between those of a Jewish and a Gentile background. Uh, Martin's gonna help us explore this next week, how one of the ways in which this gets played out is in terms of disagreements about food and whether or not it's acceptable for Christians to eat food, which has been sacrificed to idols. And near the end of this chapter, we find a few verses where Paul makes clear how seriously he takes these divisions. Let me remind you, of what he says I urge you brothers and sisters to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned keep away from them for such people are not serving our Lord Christ but their own appetites a smooth talk and flattery they deceive the minds of naive people it's worth pausing for a moment to take on board just how strong Paul's language is here. Uh, in fact, the word which the NIV translates as obstacles is the Greek word scandal, and it could be translated as a stumbling block, uh, as a cause of misery or upset. Of course, it's a basis for our English word scandalous. Uh, I find myself challenged by Paul's use of this word. I mean, let's be honest. When we think of scandals in churches, we probably think of you know the dramatic events that get tongues wagging. The minister elopes with a church member or the, the treasurer helps himself to church funds. But Paul talks here about something which is truly scandalous. He talks about people who ruin the unity of the church. People who drive wedges between the different sections of the church family, who've been brought together by Christ. And Paul makes it very clear, this is not the work of Christ. Such people, says Paul, are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And I can't help feeling that looking at this list of names, and the Jews, the Romans, the Greeks, the free, the slaves, the men, the women, and the issues they're working through and Paul's advice to them. And it's still very relevant to our situation today. Have you ever taken a moment to look at this directory and taking the list of names? I mean, just the, the, the sheer variety. The young and the old, the variety of postcodes, the variety of nationalities. I look through the names in this directory and I see people who are croydon born and bred. People from lots of other parts of England, but so many other places. Ghana, Uganda, Botswana, Mauritius, Jamaica, Seychelles. And of course, God's own country itself. There are a couple of us from Northern Ireland. But do we grasp how wonderful the thing this is? Do, do we see that this diversity, is, it's far more than a reflection of us living in a globalised mobile, mobile world and a mega city like London. This diversity is because of Christ. Christ has called each one of us, Christ calls us to be part of a community which is full of people not like us. And we need to cherish this and we need to prize and invest in our understanding of each other and making this a church where everyone belongs, fully belongs. We need to grasp that there's no room for these other agendas of division that Paul talks about. Sadly, churches can be so full of agendas, personal agendas, and people pursue them. And so often sadly what those agendas come down to is this i want church to work on my terms i want people to think like i do i want people to have the same theology as me i want them to sing the songs i like i I want them to give to the causes i approve of paul says to the church in rome and to us we can't be doing with this because people who cause divisions and stumbling blocks aren't serving jesus They're just serving themselves and we need to call that out for the scandal. It really is. When I look around me, I see so many divisions in our society. Uh, And in recent months, we've been reminded in in shocking ways how much racism some of our brothers and sisters face on a daily basis. And it is shocking. You should be shocked by it. Brexit has caused so many divisions between friends and families, and we're still a long way off healing those wounds. The thing is, when I look at how these stories are reported, what I find really sad is how it often gets represented, do you notice this, as what we could call a zero-sum game? Do you know what I mean? The sort of scenario where it's only possible for one group to win if another loses. And what's really sad is how often I see this sort of thinking creeping to churches. If We sing more modern songs the people who want traditional songs are losing out. If one group of people the scene is seen as more representative in the leadership group, others might feel they lose power or their voice. If people who are different to me join the church and the changes, how will I fit in? And the tragedy is that this is so far away from the church as God has designed it. I designed it where the more people you have... The more views you have, the more backgrounds you have, the more diversity you have, the more of a picture you have of God's love and how God's love is for all. And the more everyone wins. Wouldn't it be wonderful? SBC was a picture to our community. A kind of kingdom of God display cabinet. Think of it like that. And it shows people how reconciliation is the heart of God how knocking down walls and new relationships being created is, is a reflection of the heart of God. Wouldn't it be great if we could think more about how people in church who are different to us, enrich our church and bless us. See lists aren't always boring, not when the lists. Of the names of the people who God is calling in all the wonderful variety, not one of the lists, the names of your brothers and sisters. So can I can encourage you read this chapter of Romans, read the directory, ask God in the words of this final psalm we're going to sing to lead me in your love to those around me. Delight in the list, delight in who God's put alongside you. Amen. And let's offer God our worship now.
2: For every breath that we take, for every song that we sing, truly our God is worthy of all the praise. Let's join together and give him the praise that he deserves. In spirit and in truth, we will sing how worthy he is. (laughs)
0: Well friends, thank you again for joining us today. I hope you have been blessed and encouraged by what we've shared. I hope as well that you can be part of the conversation in the foyer in a moment. Why don't you get a tea uh, or a coffee uh, and then come back and join us as we think together about this morning's service uh, and sermon. Let me finish now with the words Paul writes as he finishes his letter to the Romans and as we find them written in the New Living Translation. Now, all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere. So that they too might believe and obey him all glory to the only wise god through jesus christ forever amen amen friends god bless bye for now and i'll see you soon